In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 31, Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation, because guess what? We are talking about books that are in translation. Yes, we are. Written in another language, originally. Yes. And then some smarty pants came along <laughs> and translated it into another language so we could read it. Great use of smarty pants. Yep. Yeah, yep. I like it. I like it. I, yep. Yep. Perfect. That's that's what happened. And yeah. these are the people we're celebrating today. Yes. Yes. Lots All of the picks. smarty pantses. Yes. That can speak good. multiple languages. So speaking of smarty pants. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, how important is grammar to you? As in, <sighs> would you break up with someone for bad grammar? Well, Aaron. Mm-hmm. So I'm on some dating apps. Mm. And I will admit to discounting people, to swiping the opposite way, because I don't like them, if there are a few things that happen regularly. Okay. Um, One is every word in their bio is lowercase. Two is there's no punctuation Mm -hmm. to separate any of it. Um, Three is they use your versus you apostrophe R-E. Yeah. Those that trifecta of things, I can't lie. I got to get away from that because otherwise – I'm just envisioning a future of text messages that make my skin crawl. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I that's good instincts. I really. won't want to get intimate with that person. I won't want to do anything, <laughs> Listen, really. This would work, except your use of punctuation is a it's real a turn off. off. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you saying something weird when it's going down that doesn't, not grammatically correct. I don't want us to have miscommunication over texts because you're using the wrong version of two. No, I'm going to lose my mind and yes. go off on you. Yeah. 
So that's where I stand. Okay. I think it, that's important. Yeah. It is it's fairly important. Important to have a stand. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good you plant your flag there. Thank you. I approve. How about you with grammar? Can you resist correcting someone's grammar? Um, I've gotten better okay. at resisting. Uh-huh. I will say that I was real annoying for a long time. Mm. And then I've sort of given over to the fact that there are some things I'm just not going to be able to correct. Sure. Particularly because of my children's ages. Some mm. of the texting, you know, they used the shorthand and it really would bother me. Oof. But nothing that I say is going to change that because yeah. often then the conversation would go over into that as opposed to what we were like, <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about something important. Like what time, you know, you're going to be home or what you need me to bring Instead, or whatever. We're going to talk about the use of there. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, listen, you use that wrong. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about that and then we get done and I realize, Oh shit, I didn't actually solve the any point problem of there. this message mm-hmm. is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you're picking your battles, basically. And I take it as a good sign because for this Mother's Day, collectively, they gave me a gift that said, I'm silently correcting your grammar. (laughs) It's a little sign for my office. (laughs) So they know you're still doing it. Yeah. But they've recognized your restraint. I'm restraining myself. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. You are a good mom. I will say that Mike doesn't necessarily use grammar incorrectly, but he has some words that he just never learned correctly. So he thinks, okay, you know, the phrase peachy keen. Yes. He thinks it's peachy King (laughs) and you can't argue him out of it. We've had this conversation so many times. I kind of like his version of it. If you Google it, there's a large following that thinks that's what it is. Yeah. This is what gave him the, the reason to continue arguing about it. I see. He found proof on the internet that Mm -hmm. other people are doing it wrong. So he's Mm -hmm. joining with them. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Does he often say Peachy King out of nowhere just to piss you off? He did for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We've moved on a little bit. Now, probably if he hears this, I'm going to hear it a lot again. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, we've learned something about you today. It took me a few times of him saying it, though, to realize. I was like, because it sounds sort yeah. of similar. And I was yeah. like, wait, are you saying King or Keen? And he's like, King. And I'm like, King or Keen? Like, keen. <laughs> I was like, spell, spell it, it out. out. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, King. Like, I'm the King. Like, you're the King of Peaches. Peachy King. <laughs> Like, what? Who do you think you are? The presidents of the United States of America singing about peaches? No. No. And then he's like, no, I'm just a good king, like a peachy king. And I was like, oh, okay. No. Hmm. Mm -mm, That's not the phrase. And he's like, keen doesn't even make sense. That was his basis of his whole. (laughs) And king does. Apparently. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does beg the question where that expression came from. It does. In the first place. But, I mean, we know what it's supposed to be, even if it makes no sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. So come on, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah. So. All right. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, has. Okay. So grammar, you might take that off the table. Yes. Has there ever been a time that you haven't been able to communicate with someone like effectively, whether it was language barrier or just maybe intelligence barrier? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To the latter, many, many times. To the former, (laughs) I think about one specific picture, my 40th birthday. Summer of 2017. Okay. I'm in Spain. Oh, I'm in Barcelona. (laughs) Congratulations on that. That was a great use of that. Yep. (laughs) Okay. I am in Barcelona. I've been there for a week. I've been there for a week. And actually, I know a little bit of Spanish. Like, I felt felt pretty good those first few days. I'm like, I am 
being able to carry on a conversation to get my coffee at a coffee shop. That feels I good. I talked to the cab driver dropping me off the hotel. Okay. You. you know, I'm halting, but I, I'm, I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. So on my 40th birthday, I go with a few of my um, grad school friends to uh, – we take a, a – it's a Sunday, so we're just taking a big walk around Barcelona. And we <laughs> – <laughs> stop it we're trying to get on this like tourist thing and we're getting lost like we're super lost in barcelona and uh i said it as it should be by the way at that oh, time okay yeah because the other one's just annoying as <laughs> i'll be honest um, i love to do it though <laughs> But I'm feeling good. It's my 40th birthday. I'm in freaking Spain. You're going to do I it. I am killing it with the Spanish enough to get a coffee. Yeah. But we are at uh, – we're lost somewhere. I'm trying to talk to uh, a guy behind a ticket counter, and my Spanish fails me completely. Oh. I am so confident, though. I'm going over there like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to find out where we are. Oh. So I go over there. He spouts a bunch of stuff back to me, and I'm like, huh, okay, cool. So then I turn around. Um, sort of slink with tail between my legs back to my friends. I'm like, I got nothing. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know where we are. <laughs> we finally figured it out after a while. But we'll see. Yeah. But for a few good minutes there, I felt demoralized. I felt five inches tall. Sorry, it was sad. That happened to you on your birthday. On my birthday. That's disappointing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I survived. You did. Here I am. You came back in one piece. I did. And the rest of I was there for two weeks. And the rest of that week, I still got a few uh, Spanish in with See, other people. Look at you. Who didn't talk so fast. And, you know, maybe he was doing it on purpose. He was. Maybe he wasn't actually saying anything. He was. He saw I was a redhead and he's like, she doesn't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> Her skin is nearly a flame from our Barcelona sun. She needs to get out of here. I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> oh yes yep. uh-huh yep that's that's how it went okay yeah well i you know <laughs> i think you played an evil evil trick on you on your birthday and i disapprove thank you yeah Aaron, ticket guy yeah ticket guy yeah. from barcelona <laughs> by the way before the trip uh, Tammy informed me that if I ever at any point said Barcelona, I was going to be disbarred from our entire group of friends. Does this so I've you said done it, it now lot. about five times in the last minute. So oh. I'm just I'm just checking Rolling it out. The dice. We're just going to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, uh, did you learn any other languages in school? I did. Um, I had real high expectations for myself Ooh. and thought for a long time that I was going to be a doctor. And so, yep. What? I know, right? What kind of doctor were you going to be? I hadn't really narrowed it down. Okay. ER was where I was most yes. interested. Sure. Yeah. Which I feel like I am pretty good in a crisis. Absolutely. But I, yeah, I'm not sure I have the right bedside manner to be a doctor. But okay. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I took Latin, actually. Whoa. Yeah. And, eighth, and, and then I took Spanish. The I did Latin and Spanish at the same time. I remember hardly anything. I mean, it helped me probably with vocabulary. I'm sure it did. But I, other than, I remember semper ubi sabubi, which means always wear underwear. (laughs) So congratulations to me. Years well spent. Wait, say it again. Semper Semper ubi sabubi. Semper ubi sabubi. Wow. If that, if that should be our tagline for Mm -hmm. our podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always Always wear wear underwear. And you know what, though? He was like my favorite teacher. He was an older gentleman. Him and his wife were beekeepers. 
They made wow. honey and like their own candles. And Aww. so once a semester we got to go to his house and his wife would make us like some kind of bread and put their homemade honey on it. And because I mean, as you can imagine, since it's a dead language, there's only like yeah, seven yeah, yeah. of us. Sure. <laughs> They just sound like delightful weirdos that you they just want to be wonderful and be around. The, I remember very specifically because he was just so – he was like your grandpa. Like that's yeah. just how he came across. Yeah. And then I remember one time because he only taught like two periods a day. I happened to be leaving for an appointment when he was coming and he came in in this like bright red convertible just <gasps> – tearing around the corner and it blew my mind i was like that is the exact opposite of everything yeah he just came guns a blazing man front row went in to teach latin and then back to his bees (laughs) (laughs) as fast as possible in my red convertible (laughs) i'm gonna ask you off air what his name is because i'm just picturing like some real cool names like virgil or you know bartholomew or or something (laughs) bartholona (laughs) bartholona He's Bart of the Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you. It's okay, a good great. one. Mm-hmm. Great. He's deceased now. Oh, well, yeah. he sounded like he lived a great life. He did. He did. Yeah. He was a wonderful person. Oh. They actually had, you know, like the windows that you can look at bees through. Like yeah. they usually have them in like in nature centers and stuff. They had that in their house. Wow. Like they had built one in so they could flip through and like check on. I mean, I don't know what kind of insurance policy you have to have for that. But. <laughs> he was spending all his hard-earned Latin money on beekeeping tools <laughs> yeah. and mirrors. Yeah. Wow. I know. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, that there. some some great images yeah. we left with there. Yeah. How I about mean, we dive into our picks? I think we should. All right. There's nowhere to go <laughs> but there. So as we said, we're uh, picking books that were originally published in another language. Mm -hmm. So my fiction pick uh, is called Women Without Men, a Mm -hmm. novel of modern Iran by Sharnoush Parsipur, translated by Faradon Farouk. This was published in Persian in 1989. Mm. And in 2011, in English. Wow, I'm surprised there was that much of a yes. time difference. Interesting. Yeah, and there's kind of a, a reason for that that mm. I'll get into here in a second. But um, story-wise, um, there are five women that are featured in sort of interconnected stories. Um, and it's all set in 1950s Iran. Um, there's a prostitute. There's an old maid. There's a matron. There's a witch. And there's sort of like an ingenue, knife, knife kind of person. Um, they're all unique and human, but they're also sort of magic. She gives them like magic powers. But at the same time, she's showing 1950s Iran where the women are told to stay in the home. They're told to stay innocent and virginal, to stay quiet, stay covered, stay still. And when they break those rules and if they enter the world of men, they can be raped and killed for honor. So there's sort of objects, you know, pieces just moved around uh, the the um, time of uh, here in Iran. Um, so there's there's fun magic, though. The prostitute can no longer see her clients' heads. So she runs off, marries a gardener with a magical green thumb and gives birth to a ball of light. As one does. Wow. Yeah. Um, one of the old maids wants to be different. So she becomes a human tree watered by breast milk. Another one dies twice. But it never fully takes. Oh. So she gains the ability to read minds and wreak havoc. Wow. So it's kind of cool because she uses magic in a way to talk about women's sexuality. Yeah. And about sort of like how 
these women are repressed by the society. Mm. And she used that as sort of a code to kind of get past like morality clauses with publishing. Oh. But ultimately the code wasn't enough because she was arrested and jailed for this book. Are you serious? Yeah. The oh. book is banned in Iran. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. And she's now in political exile. She lives in the Bay Area here in the U.S. She can't go back to Iran. Um, so she's the author of this. She's the author of several short story collections. Wow. And yeah, like that's her story. It's incredible. And like I said, this was originally published in 1989 in Persian. Mm-hmm. Then um, Faridon Farouk, um, he published the English translation in 2011. And he was born and educated in Iran. Um, he was a teacher. And right now he's a professor of English at Texas A&M, mm-hmm. where he studies 18th century English literature and contemporary Iranian fiction. Smarty pants, indeed. I guess. With a facility with languages. It's, it's really remarkable, too. And I think one thing we'll probably talk about in this ish, in this uh, episode is how hard it must be to translate both the actual words, but also like sort of the feeling you get from a book and the, the, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. How to do that, honestly. It's it's some sort of magic skill. It's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And we should say, too, that if you have ever felt like, oh, I don't want to read a book in translation because I'm not going to understand it or I'm not. Oh, no, no, that's no. the that's the beauty of these yes. translators is they're making it so accessible and readable. And yeah. you get such I almost think that yeah, a lot of times for for cultural references, they're almost better because you're really living it firsthand. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it might be helpful to, like, I looked up 1950s Iran and, and even 1980s Iran to sure. kind of aid my understanding, but it wasn't necessary. It was yeah. just, you just take the story and it's beautiful and sort of heartbreaking and then even crazier when you hear about what happened yeah. to the author. But, yeah. Wow. Very so that's cool. mine. Yeah. Where'd wonderful. you go with fiction? Well, I, this is actually a three for one. What? I know, right? Um, I went with the Millennium Trilogy. It's a series. It was, um, written by Stig Larson and translated oh. by Reg Keeland. So, um, you might know this better as the girl with the dragon tattoo, the girl who played with fire and the girl who kicked the hornet's nest. Mm-hmm. So those were the three originals. Um, he's Swedish. They originally published in Sweden. He was a journalist and a writer. Um, these, the three were actually published after his death in 2004. Oh, that's right. Um, they very first came out in 2005 because he finished the first three and then lo- started looking for a publisher. He actually planned the series to be 10. So he Whoa. was working on the fourth book when he died. Um, and so they published those three. And then what the publisher did is went back and enlisted David uh, Lagerkrantz to expand the series, which is now at a total of five novels. So he finished the fourth and did the fifth. And they used a different translator for mm-hmm. those. Um, but part of the th- part of um, his story, the author's story, Stig's story, is that he was such an amazing journalist. He was really, really into politics and corruption. So a big part of his life was uh, kind of run by fear or trying to have to stay anonymous and not be able to be found because there were syndicates and groups that wanted to find him and take him out because he was not afraid to publish the real truth about things. So part of the sad part of his legacy is that the woman that was his partner for years, they chose not to marry because in Sweden, when you apply for a marriage license and you get married, you have your address is automatically published and he couldn't have his address published. So they never got married. Well, when he died and he had this great estate and then these books went on to be great, his father and brother (gasps) ignored his will and got everything because they were the next of kin. She couldn't claim. (sighs) Yeah. And she kind of knew more what he wanted to do with the books. He had, um, designated some, um, 
charitable organizations, some other things, some, some, uh, groups that he felt very strongly about that he wanted some of the money to go to. And yeah, so that's a, actually an ongoing legal battle, but wow. yeah. Those um, guys sound like dicks. I know. Jesus. Who could do that? Yeah. In, uh, 2008, he was actually the best selling fiction author in the world or wow. the second best. Sorry. He was behind, uh, Khalid Hosseini, who we yes. recommended previously. Yeah. So the third book became the most sold book in the U S in 2010. Wow. The girl who kicked the hornet's nest. Yep. So full disclosure, I have not seen any of the movies. Mm-hmm. I know that they were adapted in movies, but I can tell you that these books are thick when you look at them, but oh my gosh, you tear through them. Tear. Yes. They are so amazingly written. Um, the plot of the first one is that, uh, Harriet Wenger, uh, disappeared 40 years ago from a very wealthy Swedish family. And her aged uncle uh, wants to find out what's going on. He wants someone to get to the bottom of this actual disappearance. So he hires Michael Bloomvist, who's at this time a journalist in the story, but he's got some issues of his own. He's being right. sued for libel for some people that he wrote stories about. So you could, if you learn more about the author's story, you can kind of draw parallels between those two characters. And to help him, you enter the main character, who is Lisbeth Slander, who's this like amazing punk rock, tattooed, pierced, IT prodigy, yeah. like just a whiz. Um, they find, as they go down, just crazy amounts of corruption, you know, involving money, family, politics, crime, everything. And this, to me, this book is like, if you like mystery or crime, this is like it on steroids. Mm-hmm. But not the kind of steroids that like hulk you out and make you crazy. <laughs> like there has to be like a normal gains period with steroids, I feel like. Or you're just like, oh, those are some nice effects. Like, yeah, get a figure. Good. Like that's what this is, where it's yes. almost too good to be true. Like yeah. that's how well written these books are. It's mm-hmm. almost unbelievable. It never goes into scary t- steroids. It's just in that nice gains period. Oh, so no roid rage. Yeah. Just... It's just from Aww. beginning to end, you're like, I, I have to know more. Yeah. Also, full disclosure, I have not read any of the other two by the other author. Yeah. I read the first three. It's on my list. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I have it there. I look at it all the time, but I, I just haven't taken that dive. I know mm-hmm. I probably will, but I feel I just really liked the first three so much. I'm mm-hmm. afraid to... Do that. Is it the same translator on this? No, it's not. Okay. No, they so t- it could be completely different style. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a risk. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But truly awesome. The whole trilogy, you would love it. Even if you've seen the movie, I would say go back Absolutely. and read. There's so, There's so much, much more. detail yep. and interesting. And you definitely get the idea that he was weaving some things from his own life, his own For findings sure. of government and that into these books, mm-hmm. which is also an interesting yeah. Fact. So. And there was some really fascinating stuff too about like Lisbeth's guardianship and yes. that whole yeah mess. So it, it really dug into some really fascinating social issues too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And that continues through all three books. You really mm-hmm. there's a lot of very interesting discussions to be had yeah. from that book. Yeah. Well, it's a bummer that the dickheads are getting the money from this. So maybe get this at the library. You know, you don't yeah. want to support. Yeah, them, that's true. But, yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> We're anti-dickhead here yeah, exactly. at Frauds and Books. Yeah, that was yeah. just rude. Oh, that is such a terrible thing, though. It's awful, isn't that? Terrible. Ugh. Especially when you know the reason. Like, they... Yes. You know, mm, yeah, terrible. Ugh. So, 
But great series. Great books. Amazing trilogy. Yes. I did see actually both the movies. Too, oh, did the you? First of the first okay. book. Um, what did you think? With uh, this, The one in Swedish was really good. I think it, it probably stuck very, very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, the English one was also good, but I think – um, there's a reason why the woman that was in the Swedish version is now kind of a bigger star. Like she's just Aww. really remarkable as her as Elizabeth. But just as with any book de- or uh, any you know movie adaptation of a book, there's a lot of things missing. Yeah, and there's uh yeah there's some the books are much richer. Mm-hmm. I would say. I have a hard time. There are certain books that I'm totally fine going to see the movie mm-hmm. on, and then there's others that I just I can't get myself to do it. Mm-mm. I, d- I just won't because yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I just really enjoyed that book too much yeah. to take That's a chance. That's why I won't uh, watch The Handmaid's Tale yeah. on Hulu because I love that book so much that I just, I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. I understand Even that. Even I've yeah. heard wonderful things. Yes. I can't do it, Erin. I know. I Most of the movies that I choose not to see, I hear wonderful things about, yeah. but yeah. That's cool, but I want my experience. Yeah. Right here. I'm going to hold on to it and be selfish about my experience. Just, exactly. Except that I just shared it, so I'm not being selfish. <laughs> I gave it to everyone. <laughs> Wow, that was a fast turn of events mm. right there, from selfish to yeah. generous as hell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I tried not to keep myself in the selfish zone too long. <laughs> <laughs> so for other genre books, I picked a short story collection. It's called The Selected Stories of Merce Rotorado. Um, this brings together stories from three volumes that were originally published in Catalan. Um, and this was translated by Martha Tennant into English in 2011. Um, so there's 30 stories in this book and there's 30 because she goes all over the place. The author in terms of like, there's longer stories. There's a story that's just a few paragraphs. There's, she's a real interesting writer in terms of like, she can weave something in any sort of length of story. Um, there's stories about women who feel stuck somewhere between like modern stuff and suffocating tradition. Um, there's a lot of stories about a particular time period before, during and after Spain's civil war and world war two. Um, there's stories of just sort of general small town life in small Spanish towns and Barcelona. <laughs> That's what we should have entitled this episode. We should have. It should have to be an audio title of you saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's stories about small Spanish towns. It's often around women and girls that are trapped in marriages or in lives that they don't want. Um, there's stories of people fleeing uh, Spain into France. And then, oh, there's World War II there. So they, you know, they're not getting away. Um, like I said, there's a, a lot of different styles of writing. Um, so it's it's really fun. to. This is one that you could read all at once. This is one that you could pick up um, and just read bits and pieces over a long amount of time. Um, there's, uh, you know, all, all of these people are different characters, but you get this sort of sense of connection at the mm. same time because of some of the same themes some of the same experiences, some of the same time periods. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful story, a wonderful uh, collection of stories. And then the translator, her name, like I said, is Martha Tennant. She translates from both Catalan and Spanish. Super smarty pants. Wow. Um, she's worked for many years as a dean and professor in uh, uh, Barcelona. She's translated short stories, but also 12 novels. Wow. Two of her translations were finalists for the Best Translated Book Award. And in 2009, she got a fellowship from the National Endowment for the Arts. So good on you, Martha Tennant. Smarty pants. Yeah, super smarty pants. Super smarty pants. Wow. Yes. But really a remarkable judge. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that you enjoy that we summarized your career with those words. (laughs) Super smarty pants. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Yep, 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 yep. Well, I also picked a short story Excellent. collection. Yeah. So mine is called Diary of a Murderer and Other Stories Ooh. by Young Ha Kim. And it was translated by Chris Lee. So he is actually the author, the um, Young Ha Kim is the author of seven novels. He lives in Seoul, South Korea. He's basically won every Korean literature award you can oh, win. Oh, great. He's, He's a smarty pants too. Yeah, very well known, very much smarty pants. And his work has been translated into more than a dozen languages. Oh, my God. But I will tell you the main reason that this particular short story collection drew me in. And I'll tell you from the opening line oh. of the first part of the short story Let's collection. Let's hear it. It's been 25 years since I last murdered someone. <laughs> or has it been 26? <laughs> Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, the actual uh, opening story is more like a novella. It's a long kind of short story. Um, and it's about a serial killer who has developed Alzheimer's in his oh advanced age and is struggling with what he actually remembers and what he doesn't remember. He's struggling with whether or not he's still committing crimes and he doesn't remember that he is. Um, he's also struggling because he has a daughter that he knows he's going to leave behind that an adult daughter um, that might end up having to care for him. And so he has a lot of worry about that. And she gets a boyfriend who he believes is a serial killer. And we are not sure whether his memories or his what's happening is faulty or whether the boyfriend actually is. Oh, my God. It's fascinating and amazing. And it's all written like he's writing in his diary. Wow. So great. And at the same time in the book, he is taking a poetry class. And he's getting all kinds of accolades for how his use of language and how original he is because he's writing about his murders. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's amazing. So it's it's dark, but it's also a little bit funny, but it's also really poignant and it's phenomenal. It's I mean, a brilliant idea for a story. It's so good. Yeah. And the rest of the stories are great, too. That one is by far my favorite, but they're really, they all kind of explore this theme of like good and bad, like teetering between the two. Mm -hmm. um, there's a story about a son who's kidnapped and then recovered years later. Um, there's a story about two like childhood friends who decide they're going to be in a relationship and try that out. I mean, they vary in like the good and bad levels, uh -huh. but they're all just have that kind of same little bit of humor, dark, just really good. I wow. really enjoyed this collection. Um, like I said, though, the first one by far, The Diary of Murder is just... It's incredible. Yeah. And he's a super big deal over in Korea. Yes, super big and deal. And he needs to be And this isn't... Here. I don't even think this is his most popular. I mean, some wow. of his other novels, yeah, yeah, which I would probably be interested in reading yeah. at this point. So, But yeah, they, I just happened upon this one and I was... I really want to read that story now. That it's, is, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, it's oh my terrific. Yeah. Very, very great. <sighs> okay, so where have we been in the world? We've been in Iran. Mm -hmm. We've been in Spain. Mm -hmm. We've Sweden. been Sweden, mm -hmm. Korea. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. Just all over the world. We're in the world. Of broads and books. <laughs> Not Carmen San Diego. The broads and books. <gasps> Can you imagine like a, you know, the Where's in Waldo thing, like a big illustration. <gasps> uh-huh. Of just random people, like all the characters from our books, and then people have to find us in our tuxes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Aaron's writing this down. Where's... Can you make this happen? Yeah, I think so. Okay, great. Yep. Okay, so look for that coming soon. Yeah. Basically, I just want to put us in tuxes everywhere, so this is a good place to do it. I like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And give us mm -hmm. an excuse mm -hmm. to wear them more so we can create more photos. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We both enjoyed that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. While you're writing that down uh-huh. and you're making plans for our future, I'm going to jump into pop culture. Perfect. Excellent. I chose a movie. Mm-hmm. The original title, this is also Spanish. The okay. original title is La Piel Que Habito, which means The Skin I Live In. This Ooh. is by Pedro Almodovar from 2011. Okay. This is European Spanish with English subtitles. It's got Antonio Banderas oh. and Elena Anaya. This is billed as sort of a psychological thriller, but also body horror, melodrama, and more. Did you say body horror? Yes. Is that a particular genre? Apparently. Huh. And I'm going to tell you, this is Crazy Pants. Okay. Okay. So it lives up to that name. It really does. Okay. Yes. Um, Robert, who is Antonio Banderas, he's a plastic surgeon, and he's got a woman named Vera in his house who he watches via surveillance video. Vera just spends her days doing yoga in this, like, flesh-colored bodysuit. She's painting. She's watching nature TV. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Early on, we're sort of shuttling between, like, past and present where we see Robert's wife, who was badly burned, and he's trying to experiment because he's a plastic surgeon and find a new kind of skin. Oh. And we see how Vera's life intersected with his long ago. Okay. Honestly, I can't say much more because there's this twist that is – I would have never seen this coming. Really? Um, there's something real strange going on going on here, and more than just keeping Vera in this house. And mm-hmm. he watched I mean, that's pretty weird. Yeah. But there's more. Okay. There's lots more weird. Going to up the weird. It'll, yes. Um, there's sort of this puzzle that you kind of have to figure out as you're watching, because it's going from time periods to time periods. Um, but through the story, the director and the film in general sort of get to talk about the violence inflicted on women, gender, sexuality. There's all sorts of stuff tied in here. And why I picked this one especially is because English audiences, like, it may be even more unsettling watching this in Spanish and having to read the subtitles because there's, like, this other level of a puzzle that you got to work through, you know? And it is – it's absolutely remarkable. Um, It's crazy, but it's also a really rewarding experience. Like, I saw this several years ago and can't Mm. shake a lot of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that this is kind of his thing, Pedro Almodovar. Okay. I haven't seen a lot of his movies. I think this is probably the only one I've seen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, Crazy Pants, wow. as I said. And Antonio Banderas, you know, he's been he's a fine actor. He's a great actor. Yeah. In this one, he is, whew, he's, um, he's on fire. Wow. Mr. Antonio Banderas. Yes. Yes. Also known as Puss in Boots. <laughs> I really would have loved if Puss in Boots could be fit into this movie somehow. Just, Just Robert watching Vera in yeah. surveillance and then oh, there's yeah. – She could have been watching Puss in Boots. She could have. They really missed an opportunity. Yeah, here. they did. Cross-marketing. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I'm sure it's the same audience. I'm sure it's the exact same audience. Nailed <laughs> it. What do you got? Well, I – okay. So – oh. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Ooh. I mean, it is by it is in my top five for sure. Oh my gosh! And I I know this is going to reveal a lot about me, and I'm fine with that. Okay, okay. okay. It is the remake of the 2002 Hong Kong film called Eternal Affairs. Eternal Affairs by Martin Scorsese, and he called it The Departed. <gasps> 
oh, this is so good. Yes. yes. And I, it, so it's a remake. of yeah. It was originally in Hong Kong, which I didn't realize when I watched it. I didn't either. Yeah. And so it won the 2007 Academy Award for Best Director. It's actually the first time Martin Scorsese won. Which is weird. Yeah. yeah. And it won his Best Picture that year. So he managed to finally get his Academy Award with this movie, which is well-deserved. It has Leonardo DiCaprio, Mark Wahlberg, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Martin Sheen, Alec Baldwin, uh, Vera Farm. Vermiga? Vermiga? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure how to say her last name. But anyway, they are all players in this Boston crime syndicate and the Boston police force. Mm-hmm. So Leonardo DiCaprio is tasked with infiltrating the cops that are bad, that are dirty, that are helping uh, people like Jack Nicholson keep his mob mafia crime syndicate mm-hmm. afloat. Mm-hmm. So all kinds of backstabbing, all kinds of twists and turns. Sure is. It's a hell of a ride, <laughs> and it's it's gory, but it is phenomenal. I think a hell of a ride is a great way to describe it because there is like there's double agents and there's yes. like backs, like you said, backstabbing and triple agents and just yeah, it's crazy. Whenever you feel comfortable, you shouldn't, yeah, because something's coming around the corner yeah. and it's gonna blow your mind. Sure is. I, there were so many times I was like, "What? That mm-hmm. just happened." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is an excellent pick. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm a really big fan of this movie. Mm -hmm. So I like seeing uh, Matt Damon a little dark, Mm -hmm. which he is here, Mm -hmm. as well as Leo. Yeah. 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 Leonardo DiCaprio. Let me translate that as I call him. (laughs) Good old Leo. Leo. My friend Leo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Just the acting, the writing, the directing. All the way around. I like, too, that there was sort of a class element to it, too. Yes. You know, like Mm -hmm. uh, both – because Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon are sort of pitted against each other in some things. And not just because of who they are, but their backgrounds Mm -hmm. and – Leonardo – wow. Neither of us can say it. Leonardo (laughs) DiCaprio, let me really pronounce that, is – when he's in the academy, this is kind of where they get the idea to use him as this guy is that because he doesn't come from wealth, mm-hmm. because he doesn't come from notoriety, he's almost expected to fail yes. or he's expected to be kind of like this lower level and he's fought his way up mm-hmm. and shown, no, I'm as intelligent as these guys that you have as detectives or that it, you got have as high level agents. Like that's where I want to yeah. be. And he really fights to get there where the other guys kind of had a clear path yep. because of their background. He gets everything easy sort yes. of. Yes. But then just when you start like citing with one character then you know it just y- you see something about that character that you start feeling for them too yeah, yeah. crazy it and is. mark Wahlberg is a lovely foul-mouthed um He's detective yeah 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 the twist so many twists but so one many twists particularly with him i enjoyed yes so. me too mm-hmm. that was that was something that was something it also introduced me to that song, um, I'm Shipping Up to Boston by yeah. the Dropkick Murphys. I love I remember it was playing on the trailer. It mm-hmm. played in the movie. I was obsessed with that song for mm-hmm. quite a while. I even tried doing Irish dancing to it. It did not work very well. <laughs> I expected like my heritage somehow to make its way so... through like a hundred years. Wait a minute. <laughs> like just on your own in your house? Were you somewhere? I need some context. I need the scene set. Okay. At parties – when the song would come on and I'd been drinking, oh, this was the scene. It's like, well, I'm going to do a little jig. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> if I wrote that, I couldn't have come up with it. That's phenomenal. 
phenomenal. It makes me want to carry a CD of it at all times. So the next time I know you've been drinking, I can witness this. Sure, sure, okay. sure, sure. So, but bad. It doesn't end well. Oh, no. Okay. Like I said, I sort of expected like maybe 150 years of Irish heritage to kind uh, of make its way through my body into my legs. No. Didn't work. No. It didn't work. No. You didn't ever just go for a good drop kick? <laughs> I mean, After a while, I just started flailing. So... <laughs> So yeah. that's what you should have yeah. done to the guy at the ticket counter. Just oh yeah. Well, I raise I raise your other language into this oh, Irish oh, jig. Oh. Ever heard of the Dropkick Murphys? Watch it. They're like, oh god, this redhead really doesn't belong yeah. here in Barcelona. Oh, now we got security involved. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. that was me mm-hmm. doing Irish jig. Well, I'm glad you liked it too because it oh, it's a Wonderful. terrific movie. Yeah. yeah, great pick. Yeah, nice job. Thanks. Yeah, I'll take that pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh goodness! <laughs> I think uh, I, I think we might be done. At yeah, this point. I yeah, think yeah. so. Yeah, I think yeah. We, you got a lot of things to go read and view. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. It's too bad I don't have video footage of me doing a jig because that would be a nice bonus for our that listeners. Would. It would it be really a wonderful would, yeah. bonus. And me starting to flail. You know, that would also be flail a great bonus. to rhythm. Yeah, yeah, kind well, of, sort of. So <laughs> that's dancing, I think. Flailing to rhythm. I don't know if that's rhythm the technical own, definition. Rhythm but... in my own head. Not oh, the so it doesn't match up. I know. I've now no, gone no. to Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> is where I'm at. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that is, but it's where I landed. Hey, when I'm drunk and I'm doing a jig, I feel like I'm awesome. I feel like you I know am what? the that's best. That's all you need to say. The best dancer to ever dance. Then that's all that matters. Yeah. To an outside observer, probably not. But doesn't matter. Yeah. You're doing that jig for you. Exactly. So everybody Feeling else good. be damned. Feeling good. This jig is for me. <laughs> okay? It's for me. You don't own my jig. Yeah. This is a little self-care dancing style. <laughs> Just going to dance out my feelings mm-hmm. into a jig. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh, dear. Uh-huh. Okay. So, okay. yeah. I, I think we're we're done okay. this episode. I think yeah. so. I think we're going to be back next Wednesday, though. I believe so. Yeah. Unless you get picked up by a tour, dancing tour. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't think about that. Maybe someone will listen to me here and be like, listen, I want to see what that looks like. Yeah. I bet she's being, I bet she's being modest. I bet Sight she's unseen, actually really good. <laughs> contract for dancing. Let's go. Sight unseen. Can one become a professional dancer at 42? Why not? Sure. Good point. Do you want to, Are we going to challenge this? I think that the, I mean, now we need a yeah, montage we do. of you working out. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, wait, do I actually have to work out? Mm. Maybe I... we should have you be the anti-story. Like, yes. you're, not, you're an amazing dancer, but you don't have to do any of that crap. No, I sure don't. So it's Make just a montage. Bleed, don't have to do it. <laughs> no. It's just a montage of me, like, um, eating animal crackers and while watching Fargo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, Great. eating Skittles and reading a book. That's right. And then, like, drinking wine. And then somebody says... Aren't you supposed to be at work? And you're like, watch this. And then you just dance out. <laughs> like, hey, put on my song. Yeah. Here we and go. Done. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So we will be back next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, head to our website. Check out all of our recommendations we made in this episode. Also on the website, I know we said we wish there could be a dance. There's not a dance. There's not. But there's so much other good there bonus sure material. Is. There's. 
gift guides. There's road trip stuff. There's quizzes about us. Mm -hmm. There's so many things. There's the best of our first 25 episodes. Mm -hmm. There's really a little gift for everyone on there. And the other thing is that if you would like to hear something from us, if you have a story you'd like us to elaborate on, if you have a question you'd like us to answer. If you'd like to know more about how to dance an Irish jig. Yes. From a complete novice. Tell us. Tell us. We'll record it. Sure will. And we'll make it a bonus. Maybe I'll put some like um, things on the bottom of my shoes so it sounds like I'm tap dancing. Yeah, And we'll will. record that and it'll sound tremendous. Well, I mean, not to not to throw a wrench in things, but can we just <laughs> get you tap shoes? <laughs> Do we have to? Good point. Okay. We could just get tap shoes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We don't have to cobble them together. Yeah. No, I mean, no. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. That's too much work. <laughs> I don't cobble things. That's just cobbler. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So um, you've got all the bonus material. You've got this episode. You've got so many other episodes. If in all of our 31 episodes, we haven't covered something yeah. and you would like to cover it, you got a yes. theme idea, yes. you got some specific thing you want to hear yes. about. Tell us. Yes. You can reach out to us on our website where our email is found, and we will respond forthwith. Absolutely. Yeah. And if there's, in addition to stories, maybe you have a theme. Maybe you're like, you know what I'd really like is some recommendations like this. Yeah. Feed it to us. Exactly. We will turn it into an idea. We've done that multiple times. We love listener suggestions. Sure it's do. a challenge that we like to rise to. Mm -hmm. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on and find us. Like I said, website. Email, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the places. In the meantime, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> and because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.